Almost every CISO was asked during the job interview, or right when they started, what will you do in your first 90 days? Many CISOs are ready to jump headfirst and tell the organization what needs to be done. Is that wise? Is there a better way? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Security Leadership Podcast. My name is Yaron Levy. My day job is a CISO, and I'm a member of the security community for more than 10 years. With me here is my co-host Jeff Snyder, who is an executive coach and a security recruiter since 1997. Welcome, Jeff. Good Friday afternoon. Jeff, I saw a CISO job description recently, and one of the requirements in it read, quote, the CISO will have prominent role as a top cybersecurity expert in the company, end quote. Is the top cybersecurity expert in the company expected to hit the ground running and immediately make an impact? Well, I've talked to a lot of uh, cybersecurity leaders in fact, I even talked to one today who said the expectation was for him to come in and immediately start being productive. We put a strategy together before he stepped into that job, suggesting that he would immediately step in and start to get to know people, start to build relationships, and start asking questions and listening. So... You're suggesting that start with listening first, right? I always suggest starting with listening. Uh, In order to listen, you may have to get somebody first talking. And the best way to do that is to ask questions, questions that are intriguing to them to give you something to listen to. Well, that's a great advice. So we have a special guest today that knows quite a lot about asking good questions and listening. In fact, he wrote a book about asking innovative questions in order to help one listen better. He's a partner at the CISO at Miller Kaplan and the co-author of the book, The New IQ. It is David Lamb. Welcome, David. Great having you with us today. Thanks for having me. So David, why writing a book about asking questions? So about 13 years ago, I uh, was 20 years into my technology career, and I realized I needed to do something to get better at my leadership and management skills. So I found a program called the UCLA Extension Technical Management Program that is focused on teaching technical managers uh, how to have stronger abilities to lead and manage. And at that that program, I met Chris Coffey, with whom I later wrote this book. And, and our sessions would go like this. Chris, I'm having this problem. And Chris would say, well, why don't you ask this question? Or why don't you ask these two questions instead of telling? And so I would. And it was phenomenal. It changed the outcome of, of those conversations in a way I never would have imagined. And so um, eventually I persuaded Chris to, uh, to write the book with me. And now I teach a class on it. And it's absolutely unbelievable what happens when you ask. Stop and listen. 
You know, it's, it's amazing. I, I heard some time or, you know, some time ago when somebody said, you know, we're teaching our kids almost from the day they are born to speak and, you know, say something and ask questions. And then around the age of two, they start asking a lot of questions. And then we pretty much kind of teach them to shut up. So it sounds like we need to re-educate people to ask questions. Absolutely. I, I think this is one of the interesting things is we lose our curiosity and we begin to tell. And, and we're missing so much. Uh, Stephen, Stephen Covey says, you know, seek first to understand and then be understood. It is absolutely key as technical managers that we listen to what's going on, what are people's needs, what's been done before, what's worked, what hasn't. These are so many important things for us to be asking and finding out. So Jeff, during our coaching sessions, you often told me, ask a lot of questions and be curious. There are many times that we feel that we already have the answers and we need to move fast and we don't have time to waste. Why should we listen more? I work with a lot of people who are deeply gifted in strategic thinking. They're very, very, very smart people. And quite frankly, they frequently do have the answer. But when you spend all of your time telling people what's on your mind, you miss the opportunity to pick up ideas from other people in the room who might also be really, really smart, and they have contributions to make as well. So that brings me to you know a quote from Peter Drucker, who was celebrated by Business Week magazine as the, the man who invented management. And, and he once said, leaders of the past knew how to tell, leaders of the future know how to ask. David, let me start with you. What is there to know about asking questions? After all, like we said before, every three-year-old can, can do that. Well, every three-year-old can ask questions. There's an interesting thing, though. A three-year-old is typically not asking a question to get to an end goal. A three-year-old is typically curious as to the end goal. So one of the very, very important premises of asking questions is to be curious. So in, in my classes, when, when I teach this skill, I find a lot of people asking questions in order to get their way. Like, wouldn't you say this is a great idea? That's a very narrow question. What we want to do is we want to ask open questions. By asking an open question, I mean, what would you do in this situation? What do you think about this? What would you do if you were in my shoes? And then you stop and you listen. And this is the key part. Quick, short, open-ended questions, and from there, you listen. So let me follow up on this, because in your day job, you're also a CISO. Yes. So what open, or I would say innovative questions, would you recommend from your experience for CISOs to ask? Well, I think there's two kinds of situations, so let me break them down. The first one is when we're looking for the ideal final result. And, and in, in our book, we, we look at the ideal final result as this outcome that is more than just, you know, an outcome. It's an outcome that comes from getting everyone's input. And that's about asking questions one after the other. What does success look like to you? Uh, if, we, if we have this meeting and we get to the end of it, how will you know it was a good meeting? 
those are the those are the questions that get us to an outcome. The other part, and it's really important from the CISO role, is what do we do when we're in a charged conversation? Because in those conversations, when you're trying to either ask someone for something they think they don't want to give you, or someone's upset at a situation, then those are those are cases where you have to ask questions around the emotions. And um, you know, going back to the question I just said, something like, what would you do if you were in my shoes? Or how would you like me to resolve this? Are questions that can elicit an open-ended response and get you information to help you get to an ideal final result. So, so let me go back to, to our opening, you know, when I talked about that question that many CISOs or many executives are being asked, usually when they walk into an organization, is like, what will you accomplish in your first 90 days? And, and there's all this pressure to, to hit the ground running or to get things done fast, show your impact. David, how, how do you approach a new job? Well, in, in running our consulting practice, the, um, you know, we're always going to new jobs. And we're always asking people, what are your pain points? What do you want to solve? What do you hope to get out of our engagement? And we want to hear first. And it's interesting because in many ways, you know, organizations are very similar and they have very similar security concerns. And yet, each organization is distinct just like each person is. And so the, the idea is that we want to hear where they're coming from and hear what they need. It's not what we think they need. It's what they need and what they want. And when you look at this from the win-win perspective, the, the idea is, is that I can look at what their needs are and I can look at what the, you know, what the security requirements are typically in this case. And that's where together as a team, we find the right position, the right common ground. Which is a great perspective because I think it ties back, Jeff, to something that you have told me, I think, almost from, from day one when we started working together. And your advice to me was always build relationships first. And not just any relationships, but deep, meaningful, authentic relationships. How do you do that? You do that by going beyond uh, just questions that have a, a straight, linear, right, wrong, analytical sort of answer. Uh, that's too easy. So technology people are really good, especially if they're highly analytical, uh, at asking people questions that have a black and white answer to them. What they're typically not really good at and what leads to the deep, meaningful, uh, authentic, and there's another piece there, trusting relationships, is to tap into the emotional side of someone's being. So the emotional side, for example, um, doesn't ask them how they're doing. You might want to know how they're feeling at a particular time. And when someone is asked how they're feeling, unless they're, they're really playing games with you, they're going to have a really hard time giving you a straight, uh, linear, precise answer. 
they're going to give you an answer that has some emotional words attached. They're going to tell you that they're, they're feeling great, or they're ecstatic, or they're excited. Or they might tell you that they feel lousy, that they're depressed, that they're, you know, they're, uh, their dog just ran away. So if you ask the right kinds of questions, you start to get to the human side of a person, uh, not just the analytical side of their brain. And if, if I can build on that, one of the things that Jeff and I often talk about in our weekly calls is remembering to ask how someone's feeling. Remember that the emotions are there. And part of building the relationship is you're caring about them more than the project you're working on or the goal you have to meet or the quota you have to make or the metrics you have to achieve. It's about asking who they are, human beings, and responding to that in a deep way. Absolutely. So let me ask another follow-up on that one, because, you know, sometimes you are in situations where you approach somebody and you say, how are you feeling? And they kind of give you this look like, why do I care? How am I feeling? How do you approach that? Well, I first of all, I, I'm, I'm going to come with a statement of, I'm really interested in how you as a human being are doing. I'm interested in you as a person. And I'm going to stop for a second and look for their reaction because the reaction is what's going to give me information. Um, and it's going to depend on the relationship. You know, with some, with some people, um, they're open. In some people, they don't like working with you. Some people don't like working with security people for, you know, because we're in this governance role. So a lot of it is dependent on the context. And for me, this is, again, asking questions about, you know, are you open to telling me about how you're feeling? Because someone might say no. It might not be a road I'm going to go down. And it might not be the relationship that's where that's necessary. Now, if that's a team member of mine, I'm going to want to know more about that conversation. Jeff, what are your thoughts? In the last several months, uh, as COVID has become a reality, uh, I've gone from a predominantly telephone business to a predominantly video-based coaching business. Um, I, I didn't exactly resist video before, but it wasn't something I was excited about doing. I'd rather stand on a stage in front of a thousand people. Something about that camera was, was just a little funky. Well, now I can't wait to get on video calls with people because I get to see the look on their face when a light bulb moment happens, when they realize something that they didn't previously see or understand. And I've actually captured a couple of those moments. Uh, big, huge smiles with big white teeth. That to me is feedback that tells me I'm doing something right in what I'm doing. And it also tells me that that person uh, is experiencing what we're doing at a very deep level. David, in your book, you talk about leading up, down, and across using innovative questions. What does it mean, innovative questions? When Chris and I were writing the book, 
we were looking for what made these questions that Chris would give me and his other clients special that changed the nature of the conversation. And so we, we came up with sort of this, this general formula. And so on the very bottom of that is the idea is that there's, there's a, a, a foundational principle. And we built it on Cicero. So a couple thousand years ago, Cicero said that a leader is someone who could express a vision, have people work with that leader as a team to execute on that vision, and had a bedrock of principles. So we say, first of all, you got to be coming from a good place. If you're asking questions and you're intending to manipulate people, it just isn't going to work because they're going to know that those questions are looking for an outcome that you want. So what we do is we, we build a formula, which is you ask a question, it's got to be open-ended, and then you're quiet. You just let the person talk. You're not trying to steer them to what you want. You're trying to understand what they want. And, and this process, which we describe in detail, you know, certainly in the book, is how in each sort of situation can I turn people to understanding that I want to know how we can work best together, how can we have a positive outcome together, and how do we achieve common ground? So give me a, an example for an innovative question that a CISO should ask. Well, so, you know, as you know, own, a lot of times we get into a situation where a business unit doesn't want to implement a security control or a set of security controls for some reason. Um, they want to implement this cloud solution. Uh, you know, they they need this product to go to market right away. Uh, adding secure coding uh, mechanisms into their software development process is going to delay their project by months, if not years. And so, uh, one of one of the one of the methodologies you like is we make a statement followed by a question, and then we're quiet. So, you know, in this case, you could say, okay. I want you to understand my perspective as a CISO. I'm coming to tell you what the expectations are in the community, something that in our practice we call commercially reasonable practices. And here's what they are for this situation. Now, understanding that that's where I'm coming from, trying to protect you and our organization, what would you do if you were in my shoes to work this out? And then you're quiet. You just listen to what the other person says and you watch how they react to you because that reaction is very important too. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Jeff, what innovative questions you ask people that you coach? Well, when I meet brand new people, people I've never met before, and when we're just beginning to get to know each other, uh, I ask that person questions around self-awareness. So I might ask someone to tell me, what are you absolutely great at better than anyone else in your building? And what I've learned to do after that is I go deadly silent. Uh, one day I wrote down every noise that came out of the person and it sounded like this. Uh, 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 um, uh, wow, that's a really good question. 
And what that told me is that person had never thought before about what they're really, really, really great at. And they could probably stand to, to go through some improvement around their own self-awareness. And, and to build on what Jeff just said, one of the tenets or goals of innovative questions is to get people to the aha moment. And if you leave a large enough safe space for them to work through it, they realize what you'd like to tell them on their own. And because they've come to that conclusion, it becomes very, very powerful. I agree. It's always better when it's someone else's idea and one of one of our very um, one of our very important guiding principles is that if someone else has an idea, even if it's not exactly what you would do, if it's close enough, you go with their idea, leverage their energy, let them have their satisfaction. Because in the end, if you're getting to a good result, it doesn't matter whose idea it is. It just matters that everyone's feeling better about their work lives and about themselves and about their relationship with you. That's an excellent advice. And that's bring us to the end of this episode. Gentlemen, this has been an awesome, awesome conversation. David, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for sharing with us um, you know, your, your wisdom and also your experience with us. That's a really interesting topic. And I think um, all of us can learn much more about how to ask better questions. And like you both said, um, listen and listen more. Thanks for having me. Jeff, thank you. Uh, thank you as always. Um, I also want to thank our audience and everyone who was sharing their feedback and thoughts with us. Please continue to do so. You can contact us via LinkedIn through our profile pages or through the cybersecurity leadership page. Also, we will greatly appreciate if you can post feedback and rate our podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts. So thank you for your support. We'll see you next time.